P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 181-111-111-111 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons. Welcome back. Uh, we've got things to talk about. It's coming up to the end of the summer. We've only got one pre-season game left. You know what that means. Soon we'll be back in the mix, in the midst of it all. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, and all that. The Steelers are on the horizon. Kenny Pickett, small hands and everything. Uh, here to discuss with me the second preseason game and lots more is Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. How you doing, my son? Quite excited myself I am for the start of the regular season. Some proper football, getting the Bengals' first team out there, you know. All, all good on these these young lads and reserves having a crack against the Giants and, and whatnot. But I am excited to see Joe Boy lead out the cavalry in a few weeks' time. Yeah, that's going to be quite something, isn't it? I think that's going to be, well, it's sort of the start of the uh, football season sort of signifies the end of the summer, doesn't it? And we're heading into autumn. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's much more of a, a seasonal signifier than just a football season starting. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I can't I wait. I do like the autumn. I do like the autumn. Yeah, it's yeah. A bit, it's a bit feisty. The autumn, isn't it? it's a little bit of a nip in the air. Like you start wh- whipping out a nice new jacket that you got for the season. <laughs> like the leaves are quite crisp underfoot. Yes. You always fancy like, a pint of Guinness is always quite nice in the autumn, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I, Guinness, you can't really. I mean, you can drink it in the summer, but it's not really a summer it's drink. It's not you know, an so. Aperol spritz in the summer, is it? Really, or a nice pint of uh, lager top? Do you know what I oh. had? I think I mentioned I had a pint of lager and lime. Uh, oh, in the really? summer, that was a right old treat. That was not had that since I was about fourteen, but it was <laughs> obviously about seventy years ago. So, but it was magnificent. It really uh, quenched. It just quenched me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I do. The, the autumn's a good time because I think it also that like you were saying it really sort of ties in as well with the NFL, doesn't it? The start of the season, everyone's everyone's excited at the start of the season. No matter who you support, you think you got a chance for the first couple of weeks, and I, I, it's just a lot. Sunday evenings, or it gives meaning to those Sunday evenings when it <laughs> oh, start, yeah. the, the weather sort of starts to bear down because otherwise Sunday evenings can be quite quite bland. And whenever the NFL season's on, I always sit there and remind myself, I'm like, bloody, hell, what did I used to do on Sunday evenings? I you know, know, they're, I know, they're not the most exciting of times. You got one eye on work, you got one eye on some shit TV. So I think to have the NFL back on six hours of, um, you know, obviously <laughs> Advert, Bengals game. Commercial free yeah. football, says Scott Hansen. Well, exactly. And if you want to crack red zone on before or after the Bengals game, it does just give you the best part of seven hours worth of unbelievable entertainment. You've got the fantasy football, you've got great food. You might have a, a bet on the get a couple of other games, keep things interesting, a few friends over. I mean, it really does turn Sunday into a bit of a festival. It does. Speaking of festivals, we're planning ahead uh, for our uh, online tailgates. They'll be back for the new season. We've also got some news about a meet-up uh, for that first game of the season. Um, but let's just review some news because uh, quite a lot has happened 
in the past uh, week or so. Namely, Ken Riley is technically all bar the shouting in the Hall of Fame. He the news came out last week and. What a moment. I have to say I got quite emotional, really. I Genuinely, I thought it was such fantastic news. Um, I mean, we all know that uh, it was about time the Bengals got someone else and uh, into the Hall of Fame, and it was going to be either Ken Anderson or Ken Riley, and they went with Ken Riley. So it just has to be rubber-stamped by the finalist committee, I think, but that's that's more or less a, uh, a shoo-in now. So, yeah, I was quite emotional. I saw what it means. We've had Ken Riley junior on this podcast before and on the online tailgates before uh what a lovely family what a lovely guy and i mean absolutely made up for the riley family disappointed for ken anderson but you know i think uh i, th- I genuinely think his time will come um but yeah for, for for now it's ken riley the second bengals player uh all by the showing in the hall of fame how about that how do you like them apples? It's fantastic. And I really, really believe it comes down to some of the great work the Bengals have been doing and the fans ultimately have been doing over the last couple of years with really shouting about Ken Riley, really yeah. shouting about and honouring the Bengals players of old. And the ring of honour that the Bengals have put together for that will play a big part. And you look at one of the, I think when they were listing the credentials of Ken Riley, one of the, the sort of bullet points against his name was like Bengals ring of honour inductee. And you can show that they see that as being given some weight that the Bengals are looking and honouring their own players. And as a result, I think the kid gets their names out there. It gives a bit of credence to the you know incredible player that Ken Riley was, the huge amount of interceptions he got, and gets his name out there around people. And he absolutely deserves to go in. And I think everyone needs to give themselves a pat on the back, fans, representatives from the team, because we deserve more than one person to go in the Hall of Fame. We've had some incredible players play here over the years and fantastic for Ken Riley to get that nod. Yeah, but it's also bittersweet. He's not here. Yeah, And no, frankly, yeah. the Bengals should have done their ring of honour beforehand. I know he, saw, he got some of the love at the Bengals' 50-year celebrations uh, in 2017, um, but I just, I just, you just kind of think, God, oh, man, wouldn't it have been fantastic to see Ken Riley on that, on the pitch at Paycor, uh, to <laughs> receive his jacket and his name, uh, etched into the, the, the stands at, uh, the stadium and now the hall of fame, you know, imagine, I mean, I, I don't know. I say I was quite emotional about it because, uh, we we got involved in the campaign to get our guys into the Hall of Fame, so I'm really proud of the part that Bengals UK have yeah. played. Bengals Jim, uh, Jim Foster, has been absolutely unrelenting and fantastic in in marshalling the troops, the jungle to the Hall events, incredible business. Uh, you know, Bengals captain as well has been involved and the whole fan base has really got behind it and it just shows you, you know, people who listen to this, podcast regularly know that I'm quite passionate about the the legends and the older guys I do genuinely think there is as important as the guys that are on this team right now Uh, so I won't stop banging the drum for certainly Ken Anderson and we've got Willie hopefully coming up as well Um, Chad possibly Chad, maybe you know you could you could make a really strong argument for for um, Isaac Curtis. I think anybody 
uh, any player that provokes a rule change in the in the game, like Isaac Curtis did back in the day, deserves consideration. He genuinely, I mean, he also won an AFC Championship and went to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, Lamar Parrish, you could make an argument for, you know, as as you say, Chad. Uh, certainly down the line, Gino's got a. There's an argument there for Gino. Yeah. yeah. AJ Green, maybe I don't know, but um, but uh, yeah, it just it just brings it together. It makes you prouder, I think. Folk knowing the history about the club and some of the players that makes I don't know it gives you a bit more context and flavour and and makes you prouder to be a fan of the team because when you realise that um, we have had some fantastic players in the past and. Obviously, Ken Riley is is one of them, you know. So, yeah, d- delighted for Ken uh, and Ken's memory. Delighted for Ken's family. Um, but, yeah, just a bit gutted that he's not going to be around. And shame on the Hall of Fame. This geezer should have been in years ago, frankly. Um, but I think you're right. Things like the, the Ring of Honor make a big difference and give um, the Hall of Fame voters a nudge you know which says to me they they're not doing their job if they need a nudge from a club um after you know sorting out a ring of honor then then they're not doing their job properly because surely you should just look at the stats and how long he played and what perhaps what he won and his accomplishments and if you do that objectively ken riley should have been in the hall of fame a long time ago as should ken anderson you know what i mean Anyway, so you can tell I'm quite passionate about this. But, yeah, great to be part of... You go, son. Great to be part of a fan base that is so passionate about about these guys and uh, we won't stop banging the drum either. Uh, So, yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed for Ken Anderson and certainly uh, Big Willie as well. Um... A uh, bit of news, uh, the Bengals today have waived wide receiver Javon Haley, another wide receiver Jack Sorensen, and uh, tight end Scotty Washington, if you remember Scotty, transitioned from wide receiver to tight end, but uh, not enough Scotty, unfortunately, so we wish those guys uh, the best. Um, but of course we have... It doesn't work much when you try and change someone's position in the NFL, does it? I can't really think of too many examples of when a player has been tried to convert into another position and has, has made it. So I think if you if you get told that by the Bengals or any other team, I think it might just be a little hint. Didn't uh, one of the Sharps, was it Sterling Sharp or Shannon Sharp, transition from a wide receiver to a tight end, I want to think he did? No, maybe not. I don't know. Um, of course, Jake Fisher tried it. He went from a right tackle yeah. to a tight end and that... That didn't work. He was just as bad there as he was at right tackle. Poor old Jake. Um, a sore memory, old Jake, wasn't he? I so know. He was, he was part of the master plan. Him and Big said we we're going to come in and take over Witt and Andre Smith and oh, set the club back five years instead. Anyway, we're <laughs> on to a new season. Uh, right, should we do some... Reaction, <laughs> Right, uh, the Bengals played the New York football giants in the city of New York. Uh, well, early this morning at midnight 
Monday morning here in the UK. And the Bengals lost uh, 25-22 to them footballing giants. And um, again, as you expect with a pre-season game, with no starters playing hardly, uh, there was the good, the bad and a bit of the ugly, wasn't there, Nathan? There was indeed. And I'm I'm, I'm intrigued intrigued what you make of this with the fact that Bengals are just absolutely not putting any starters out because you saw the Giants roll out a few starters and around the league you've seen quite a few teams roll out some starters does does it worry you at all that they're I think in the third game it's almost certain that we won't see anyone either so does that worry you at all that there might be a bit of sort of dust to to sort of um, shake off before the regular season yeah I know what you mean I mean confident because normally the second pre-season game is is the game that you'll see the starters the most right so I wouldn't have been against seeing a quick, cheeky mix and run or a Burrow handoff. I wouldn't have been, you know. But I don't think Burrow is quite there physically yet, isn't he? He came back from his yeah. operation a bit underweight. And he's, he's as he said in his press conference last week, he's trying to eat all the food. Which, coincidentally, I do. But um, no, one, no one comments about that, really. Uh, I'm not striving to be uh, a top-line athlete. I just... Uh, just eating all the food when I can all the time. So um, so maybe he wasn't ready. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing Chase and Higgins out there just for a couple of snaps. I know it's a bit of a risk, but, you know, this is traditionally yeah. when you're going to do it. And I agree. My my big, uh, I say big worry, but it's, it's this sort of, it's less than medium size. What's well, less than medium size? Small, yeah, small. <laughs> small worry is the offensive line we've not seen Leal Collins out there I mean we've not seen Leal Collins uh, practice hardly he came back next week thank goodness uh, I, I wouldn't have been against seeing Karras or Kappa out there you know but they've obviously decided you know they're not going to risk anything you know Um it's definitely a shifting mentality, isn't it? Because I remember back in the day when you used to have Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer out there, and you'd regularly see in like game two, maybe even game three of the preseason when there was four, you'd see some of those guys nearly going into the second half, and they'd yeah, be right. you're trying to get some momentum going and get it would really be sort of a proper sort of workout. And well, yesterday, know, yesterday, uh, old uh, Daniel Jones, he played more or less a whole half yesterday. It's, yeah, it exactly. Like, you know. It's a tough one. I, I get the, the the sort of point from Zach and the Bengals that, look, you know, we can stick it out there for a half, but how much is it really going to make a difference in terms of their preparation? Is it really going to do that much of getting them on the same page versus the sort of minor risk, I guess, that you do get an injury? Um, obviously, yesterday, a lot of people complaining about Thad Moss's chop block on... Yeah, um, we've got some comments about that, but let, let's, let's start with that. I thought it was a bit of a storm in a teacup, really. I mean, it could have been a bad thing. I just thought it was... I mean, it's within the rules for a start. But yeah, um, I, I just thought it was. Than... I thought it was just a badly executed block, really. Um, yeah, I mean, and he kind of turned into it, didn't he? And his weight was on his leg. It's one of those unfortunate plays in the NFL that do happen. And I just think that for everyone's sake, you don't want to see it in the preseason, especially now. People are placing such an emphasis on just get to the first game. Let's just not lose anyone in a meaningless preseason game, and they have become more or less, I mean, certainly not, you know, certainly in the case of the Bengals, sorry, more or less like reserve team fixtures, aren't they? With, yes. you know, a couple of the old, like people like Daxiel probably 
probably the most like that player of note out there with being a first round pick and someone that may well get some play like a fair chunk of playing time this season. But um, all right, yeah, let's go through I, some of the points. Answer me this, Nathan. Yes. How can Chris Evans have only five carries and three yards on the ground and um, three catches for seven yards when he seemed to be like making all kinds of plays all over the pitch pretty much all game? I, he's having the weirdest preseason for me. Now, I, I, it's yeah. kind of rhetorical because obviously he's making some real headway when it comes to kick returns. Um, like a huge one yesterday again. Um, it's weird, isn't it? The stat lines just don't reflect how 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 much in the game he was. He looks he looks very good, Chris Evans. I, I, that's all I'm trying to say. But it's weird to me that his stat lines that if you just looked if you came in and saw Bengals 25, uh, sorry uh, Giants 25, Bengals 22, looked at the stats and saw Chris Evans five carries for three yards. Three catches for seven yards. You're like, well, he didn't have a very good game, but I thought he was pretty electric yesterday again. Well, he's been great in the return game. He's had a couple of runs called back, and you can see he's got that vision, which is which is excellent. And it's great for us to have a sort of return guy now that you can you can bank on. I think we've missed that a bit since old um, Pac-Man Jones called it a day. And I, it's exciting part of the game. I know it's not as big of a part of the game anymore, but seeing him tear down the sidelines like he did yesterday, make a nice little cut, outrun the um, the kicker and get it down inside the sort of 30 yard line. That That's exciting. And I, I miss that from the game. I used to do you remember like back in the day when old Bernard Scott ran it back against the oh, Steelers. Yeah, that was, Bernie. Yeah, I love Bernard that was Scott. A, that was a bit of a juicy play. And it's one that gets you out of your seat. It really mm. can just flip a game almost instantly in one place and someone run it back 100, 105 yards. So I know obviously in the interest of player safety, it's not hugely advisable, but it's great to have someone um in chris evans who's done a good job in the preseason, returning and i think that you want to get him some more touches he's, he's a dynamic player obviously you've got two running backs in front of him that you hope don't get hurt and can take the bulk of the carries but as a slightly more dynamic faster um more agile guy i'm intrigued to see what what he can do this season with hopefully a few more touches and obviously in the, the return game as well yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about the offensive line because uh, Deontay Smith came back from injury and promptly had three holding penalties. So, I mean, he did okay. Uh, Denergy did okay at left tackle, but all eyes were on Cordell Volson. We met, met, mentioned uh, Jackson Carmen earlier uh, out due to COVID. Uh, there were reports last week that he was actually pulled from the first team well, team and uh, from in practice and shoved out to the third. So that there's obviously something going on there. Um, so there's out. a chance he could get cut? I don't think so because, I mean, it, I, mean I don't know. No, I don't think it is. Would it be a statement from the Bengals to the rest of the team? Just say, look, you know, with the off-field stuff as well attached to I think like- I think that's more likely to happen at the end of the season. I don't think, you know, the teams don't like to admit they're wrong with a high draft pick, you know what I mean? And they want to, I think they want to give him, as, as they probably should really, let's face it, they want to give him the maximum amount of time to prove that he's he's he was worth that pick. Now, obviously, you can make an argument for the off-the-field stuff, whether you want that kind of guy on your team or not. We don't know Jackson Carmen personally, uh, but that certainly didn't look good during the summer, with especially with all 
the Deshaun Watson stuff flying around and still flying around, but we're not going to mention that in this in this episode. There's just not a lot of good stuff flying around with him, though, is there? Even if you was no, I agree. Out of I it, agree. It's not. You know, his performances haven't been especially good. He hasn't really, um, you know, he did. there's been a lot of rumours in camp about work ethic and Frank Pollock not being happy with him and stuff. I don't know. It just, you, you want him to do well. He's a second round pick and like quite a high second round pick that the Bengals really kind of put their neck right, out yeah, on a bit. Yeah. Um, and it just really doesn't look like it's shaping up for the geezer, does it? I mean, we've, we've seen oh, the aforementioned Jake Fisher and uh, Big Said. You know, we've seen uh, uh, offensive line busts before. We we know what they look like. We know what they smell like. You know what I mean? And this, I mean, I have to say, at this moment in time, uh, it, it Jackson Carmen smells the same. You know, he's got what, is it, what would you say that smell permeates? It's like, uh, do you know what? I was I took my nephew to he, he gets one on one coaching for the old kickball uh, every week. It was my turn to take him tonight. And as we were driving back through the Warwickshire countryside, there was there was a bit of a stench of manure in the fields. Farmers were starting to do some muck spreading in in the fields, and um, there's a bit of a whiff of that. I think uh, <laughs> there's also a bit of a whiff of a. Uh, of an energy drink that's been left too long in a, a drinking bottle, so it's slightly sour and a little bit off. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so a combination of shit and sourness, basically sour shit. Um, anyway, <laughs> not a great smell. No, great. Um, but obviously, um, because of what's been going on, again, Jackson Carmen may well turn it around. You know. Let, let's hope so. Hall of Fame so. talent in the end, after we've said all this. <laughs> I know. Maybe he's listening, thinking, I'm not, I don't smell of shit or sour <laughs> or, like, gone-off energy drinks. Um, Seven-time All-Pro Jackson Carmen, four-time Super Bowl I know. At the, end of his, uh, at the end of his career, like you know what? I credit those guys on those Cincinnati. Two, those, two, those two wankers. Those two <laughs> arseholes on Cincinnati who... <laughs> who don't know what they're talking about, but they call me... They accuse me of... Anyway, right. Uh, Could go on, by the way. Cordell Volson. I had my eye on Cordell Volson last night. and um, Everyone had their eye on old Cordell, didn't they, last night? They did. And um, I thought he did okay. He got beat horribly um, for a sack. Like, he, he left a free runner. He got confused over which guy to pick up, and there was a free runner. Obviously, Wink... Uh, or wank Martin Dallas, I like to call him. <laughs> um, and uh, he loves to blitz, doesn't he? So he he throws a few exotic blitzes uh, their way. So even though he got beat, he left a free runner. Uh, it's it'd be a good experience for him to 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 see that kind of uh, exoticness of blitz and 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 kind of rushing packages. But then he was great on the drive, certainly the touchdown drive when uh, Jacques Patrick barreled into the end zone for the score. He was good at opening a massive hole there. Um, Jacques Patrick only barrels into the end zone as well. He can't, he can't run daintily, can he? No, he's, Jacques, just, he's a barreler. Le barrel, uh, as we call, <laughs> like to call him. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think he did pretty well last night. Um, I tell you what, what I was impressed with, I thought it was quite sloppy the first half offensively. Uh, but that first drive in the second half when Travion, also big up Travion, our old pal Travion, 
every time yeah, every got... time he's on the field, he he does a good job. I think. I don't think yeah. he's going to make the roster. I think he's going to go into the practice squad again this year. But I, I, you know, all that's asked from him, I think he he does pretty well. He scored. A, he was really good on that drive. But that first drive in the third quarter of the in the second half, they looked much more in sync. They were executing much better. They were moving the ball down much nicer and and crisp. They looked crisp. Do you know what I mean? And they capped it off with a score, which was great. So. Uh, that's the only that's the drive where I thought, yeah, yeah, we're okay, we're going to be okay this year, you know. Um, but what did you think of the older uh, Cordell Holson? He did okay, didn't he? I, I always find it's always difficult to grade um, linemen. I think it's especially when you're not, you know, you're not watching him every single play. He had some good and some bad plays, and I've read some evaluation from some some journalists out there that you know pretty much told that story. The, the worry for me is that he's, I think, almost certainly going to be the starter. I'm not sure who's. I don't think at this stage. I think it's too late for them to bring Quinton Spain in and. Well, tell I don't him think it is because also you know you've got cut down da- cut. Sorry, that's easy for me to say. Cut down day coming very soon, so. There might be someone that they can pick up um, who's got yeah, some experience. Yeah, true. But I, I don't think there's going to be many. And I'd, I'd be worried if we're picking up our starting left guard on waivers. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but would I you? I mean, so a... if, if if you're not confident with Volson, right, and you're certainly not confident with Carmen at this moment in time. Yeah. And that remains the feeling, you know, uh, through the this week's practice with the Rams, and also the uh, the actual game against the Rams on on Saturday. Um, you'd be, would you be? I mean, you'd bring. I'd be tempted to bring back Quinton Spain because he's he would slot certainly uh, conceptually. He knows the offense really well. Uh, I'd, I'd I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that. But you know, we'll it's like you said though with the Bengals in terms of them giving up on draft picks. You know, I think that's that's where I think. They've maybe have got a bit of a problem because you've got Jackson Carmen, obviously, who was a second round pick last year. I think we both agree, rightly or wrongly, I don't think they'd give up on yet. You obviously got Volson, who's coming as a fourth round pick, so they're not going to get rid of either of those two guys. There's maybe one that they, you know, a guy they could cut off the roster to make way for Quinn in Spain, but I, I just think they'll, not stubbornly, but I really just think that they will say, we want to go with these guys, we trust them, we believe in them, and we'll run with it. But my worry is, is you know, they've spent a lot of money on this line to bring in some veteran talent. And the one question I've got with it is, that's all well and good, but I guess in many ways the line's only as good as its worst player. And if you've got a guy like Cordell Volson, who could be a great player, but he's a fourth-round pick. He went to a small school at North Dakota State. It's a massive step up for him to sit there opening day against the Steelers in a hostile rival game and protect Joe Burrow and open up those lanes for Joe Mixon. And we've talked about the line being a weakness and it's probably the reason last year we didn't go all the way. Um, it's certainly been a reason in the past where Joe Burrow has been hurt and it's caused us all ends and all manner of problems. And I think they've done a really good job, the Bengals filling and fixing that line in the off season. But I do worry with Volson just plugging him in there. And there's only so much you can show in the preseason against mostly backups and in a limited training camp now where it's not as intense as it once used to be. So, 
it's hard to feel confident about him, isn't it? And that's no disrespect to him, but it's it's it would worry me sticking in a young lad like him. And you've almost what are your other options if you don't like if you look within the building now, like you said, there's no way you're sticking Jackson Carmen out there. And I'm not sure there's any other guys really on the roster that have that you'd feel any better about sticking them out there than him. So it's a I big mean, it'll be it'll be, a, it'll be a Denergy again, won't it? I suppose. Well, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, right, let's talk about good... Uh, yeah, the only worry I have about this team is whether the uh, offensive line is undercooked uh, a little bit. And I'm specifically talking about Lael Collins, you know. Um, yeah, he only came yeah, out to but- practice last week. But then again, we've still got, what, one, two, three, three weeks. Three weeks until week one. So um, there's still plenty of time to... And he's been there, you know, kind of in walkthroughs and in meeting rooms and whatnot. So, and he's a pro; he's a seasoned professional. So, the hope is he'll be ready. That's my only. That's my only slight worry that the offensive line isn't going to be ready enough. But you know, we're talking yeah, about takes, seasoned while, pros it, like it, Harris and Kappa and Collins, and now throwing uh, Jonah Williams into that mix. It, so, it, I, I guess bit, I shouldn't it, be really. It's a bit mad, though, isn't it? Because you're only—it's almost an entirely different line. The only person you're bringing back is Jonah. The other four guys weren't on the team um, last year, let alone being starters. So it will take some time for them to build up a bit of chemistry, get to know each other, and everything else. So it, I mean, you are kind of risking it a bit, aren't you, going into that game against yeah, the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, we're again, we're, they're, we're they're sat- talented players, they're veterans, but yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're sat five thousand miles away. We don't, we don't see, we, we don't know what's going on in practice. We rely on other people for yeah. that. And these guys, as I say, as you said, they're talented players. They're pros. They know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't be worried, but that's the, my only slight worry about this team: the preparedness and readiness of the offensive line. With you know, Kappa has been injured, Leo Collins has been injured. You know, there's 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 a there's a fight going on for the left guard spot. Um, I know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Right, let's talk about the good things. Dax Hill. Now then, hello, nanny. <laughs> I mean, Jesse Bates, <laughs> who's he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Steady on now, son. No, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Uh, he looked for the second game in a row absolutely terrific, didn't he? He did, and he's got that interception. He had a great stop as well on third down. Just that before. was amazing. That stop yeah. was incredible, Really, actually. really good technique, good hustle to, yeah. to get in there. It's exciting, and you want to see that early on from a first-round pick. He's the one, like I said, the one guy out there that really is going to get some playing time this year and that is out there in the preseason. And through two games now, for everything people have been talking about in training camp, he's Sean. And it's still very early days. You don't want to get too excited after two preseason games, but he's looked very, very good. And you need him to look good because we don't know, and we'll get on to the Jesse Bates thing in a moment because I'm interested to see what your thoughts are about that, son, as we get ever closer to 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 game one but if Jesse Bates doesn't play or even if he does you want someone like Dax Hill to contribute and get some game time so I'm really pleased for him it's about time um, you know we got a sort of late round guy like Dax Hill on defense that makes a bit of an impact so yeah I'm excited I'm excited to see if he does play in the third preseason game see what he's got there and see what he can achieve this year um, playing amongst the starters. Yeah, I agree. I loved, uh, he's, he's looking every inch a really impactful safety, do you know, already, you know what I mean? I know it's only pre-season and 
bigger, larger tests will come. Uh, but I, I mean, his anticipation is terrific. His closing speed is fantastic, and his tackling is really good. And he, and he seems to have that really fantastic knack as a, as a good safety of of just being in the right place at the right time and and kind of and that speaks to his football intelligence of knowing where to be on the field at the right time again plugs into this anticipation uh skill that he has and yeah like you said that stop on third down was fantastic the interception was very athletic and terrific although they had to sort of var it didn't they really um but yeah, certainly a really good start for Dax Hill. Um, and yeah, I mean, can you imagine a safety trio? Talk about uh, more and more NFL teams playing three safeties, you know, three safety looks these days. Can you imagine a trio of, certainly for this year, uh, and pretty much only for this year, you would imagine, especially after, uh, uh, who's that guy at the Chargers that got like a monster whopper of a contract, reset the safety? Is it Derwin James again, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to pay anywhere near that, are they? So I think we just got to kind of enjoy Jesse when we can this year. And if they're playing a, a safety trio of Bates, Hill, and maybe Von Bell more in the box, then good night. I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive... Talk about the wide receiver trio being the best in the league. I think suddenly we may potentially have the best uh, safety duo stroke trio in the league. You know, that's really exciting. And Lou can do so many different things with that, you know. So, but yeah, certainly a great start from Dax Hill. Um, I thought I thought Jalen Davis had a really good game last night, actually. And an undrafted free agent that's getting some... Love and making a bit of noise is Alan George. I think he's got an outside uh, uh, chance to make the roster if they're carrying seven uh, cornerbacks, which no doubt they will. Um, so, you know, there were some good performances back there, really. Absolutely. And I just want to touch back slightly, some because we mentioned his name. And Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a break and then go into Jesse Bates' chat, shall we? Okay, sure. Um, I just want to divert you, dear listeners, to the Parish Notice Board. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had time to make episode two of Hard Knockers this week. I do apologise, but that will be back next week. By hook or by crook, uh, Hard Knockers will be back next week. I know that you're all on the edge of your seats waiting to hear what happens uh, with uh, Nathan Palmer, behind-the-scenes look at Cincinnati and how how uh, we prepared for the new season. That will be back next week, I do promise, and apologise that I didn't have time to to uh, make it this week uh, we do have meetup news as I mentioned earlier on in the show um, Sunday September the 11th uh, we're on the road again uh, we've done London we've done Manchester we've done Sheffield in the past this year we went up to Edinburgh for our summer party and of course uh, the first game of the season against the Steelers Sunday September the 11th we're going to be in Birmingham the fair city of Birmingham Slap bang in the middle of the country. Uh, so if you're in the Birmingham area, the West Midlands or the Midlands as uh, as a whole, uh, then please do come along. And of course, to anyone outside of those local areas, of course you're welcome to come. Um, we're going to be in the Walkabout, which is the address is Langley Buildings, Birmingham B12DS. Uh, we've got the VIP area, two big screens there for us to enjoy the game. 
and watch the Bengals. Absolutely. What are we going to do to the Steelers, uh, Nathan? Give them a good throlicking. There you go. First throlicking of the new season, I think. Uh, uh, come in for 5.30 and uh yeah we'll be ready to go um obviously we'll put this out on our socials and all the rest of it so watch out for that but yeah sunday september the 11th bengals versus steelers live uh at the walkabout in the center of Birmingham, very close to uh, new street station so there we go right nathan you want to talk about jesse bates what do you reckon happening with him, son? I mean, it's obviously, it's not been that loud about it. There's been a few people mentioning it, but I know we've talked about it extensively before, but do you think it's getting to a point now where we're less than three uh, three weeks to go until the opening game against the Steelers? Do, do you anticipate um, him being in a Bengals uniform for that game? Yeah, I do. Um, I think there's just been a lot of agent bluster and, you know, it's all designed to upset the apple cart and test the, patient, uh, test the patient's of the Bengals, and we all know that Mike Brown's ability to uh, last out any contract holdout or whatever it might be is pretty legendary, and he's obviously passed that uh, skill down to his daughter and and son-in-law now. Um, But yeah, I was encouraged. Uh, Bates was at the Cardinals game in one of the boxes. I don't know if you saw that on Instagram. He put on uh, an Instagram story. He was there at Paycor. Uh, in one of the boxes, um, yeah, I think he'll be back, and I think he'll be back for the season. And I think he just knows that he's going to make what, whatever is thirteen mil this year, and then put himself in the shop window, and he's got incentive to, you know, it's his contract year. He's he's playing for a big contract elsewhere. I don't think he will stay with the Bengals. I think everyone's sort of resigned to that now. And I also think that the performances of Z- uh, Dax Hill. Has uh, has taken has taken the worry away slightly and has taken the focus away from Jesse Bates, frankly, uh, which probably isn't a bad thing. What about you? Do you, do you expect him to be back um, in week one or for week one? Oh, I, I'm I'm really on the fence with it. I think seeing him, seeing him at the Cardinals game is is a good sign. It shows that he's still engaged and he's not just fed up with the team and you know furious about it and there's no way back. But I don't know. I, ultimately, if he comes back, it's massive. It's such a huge addition to have a Pro Bowl caliber player like that. Do you know, come back onto your team. And we talk about Daxton Hill. It's still so early to really proclaim him as um, that good of a talent after two preseason games. He's done everything right, but you can't just immediately come in and replicate the skill of someone like Jesse Bates. And the quality of the talent in the AFC this year on offense is enormous. It's gone up a lot, and it was already quite high to begin with. So. You need your best players out there. And if you've got that sort of talent on defense, you need Jesse Bates on the field. So I just really hope he's there. I think nervously and anxiously, I'm almost telling myself that he might not be and he might sit a few games out, even if it's just a couple, to perhaps sort of really hit the message home. But uh, I don't know. But it's going to come soon, isn't it? I mean, that game, like I said, is in less than three weeks. So he's not got long to, to sign his deal and get his pads on. So I'm just hopeful. Jesse... I know you're probably not listening, Sam, but um, sorry, did you get that motorbike screaming part? No, it's fine. It adds a little flavour and, and it's fine. <laughs> texture. Texture, Nathan. But Jesse, if you're listening, son, get back on the team. Go on, sign that 13 mil, spend it on something nice and we'll all, we'll all love <laughs> you for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to mention? I thought Brandon Allen didn't have a great game last night. Um, no, I mean... Good to see Joseph Osai back on the pitch as well. Yeah. Didn't make What'd too much... What do you do much... with Brandon Allen? Do you just stick with him? There's not really any better options out there, obviously, are there? No, There'll be yeah. some young lads, I'm sure, that get dropped from teams. But again, I don't think they'll be good enough or reliable enough. I just think enough, they like but... him. I, it's... Uh... It's a Bruce Gradkowski sort of scenario. He knows, yeah, you know, the, the, the team really trusts him. He's good with Joe Burrow. He knows the yeah. offense. Um, he's just not looked very accurate, really, and that's a bit of a worry. Um, right, shall we? Um, shall we go to our correspondences, Nathan? Let's do it, Sam. Well, as ever, we are at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter, uh, Bengals UK on Facebook, and Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. Jamie at Trekwart Beaster coming on, coming in off my long run, but it's astonishing to me how people, including certain media figures, know nothing about the rules of this sport. Read Thad Moss's cut block on Thibodeau. This is a guy trying to win a place on a roster, carrying out an effective block, and then having people who seem to know nothing about tight end and running back blocking, trying to whip up some kind of moral frenzy. It's disgusting how they get away with it. Uh, not for the first time, really, Jamie. Let's face it. I don't know. I mean, I, I, to he's me, when I saw it, he did. I mean, it, it just wasn't a big deal to me. I don't know why everyone's going nuts about it. I think Rich, Rich Eisen has called for a fine and a, and a ban and all this kind of stuff. But no, it's perfect. Is it right? I'm, I mean, it was a low block. I wonder if he just didn't execute that block very well. But, you know, this is this is what happens in the NFL. Whether it's right or wrong, that's the for the NFL to decide, surely. So Thad was perfectly in uh, within his rights to do that, you know. Um, uh, Pete Danswell at Dadders. Dax Hill, already shown why Bengals used a first-round pick on him, uh, could well illustrate the rapid nature of NFL fandom where Jesse Bates gets forgotten quickly and fans move on to the next. But do you think he's done enough to warrant being protected from final preseason game? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think he's flashed enough, as he showed us. Um, what's going to happen? I, I would imagine there's going to be more Tyson Anderson. Um, what do you think? Do you think we'll see him much? I mean, we might see a, a bit of him in against the Rams. Do you think, Nathan? Maybe very, very minor. I, I mean, he's certainly done enough as an for to warrant some more playing time and to be one of the you know in amongst the starters when it things kick off so mm. like you said if he does see any game time i think it'll be very minimal uh andrew docker at docker 77 three straight losses can we admit the franchise is doomed and we need to fire everyone and start the brute at the drew plitt era well over there you go. <laughs> that's uh that's uh radical uh dockers uh radders from dockers there um, Sean Tyler at Sean Tyler UK impressed Clay Johnston take a bow son 20 tackles and a sack where did he come he, from he was an animal to geezer I was going to mention him it was like he was a one man defence just on his own I mean he he was, absolutely yeah. you look at the stat line it's everyone else with like three four tackles max and the geezer I think yeah like he said 20 I mean, what, oh, he's no, going to be sore this morning that Clay Johnston isn't he bloody hell he is. I mean, has he got a shot? I don't know. He played. I mean, he made plays at the back end of last year as well, uh, when he he was drafted in after the in, the injury to Joe Bacci. Um 
don't know. It's, I think it's a tall order for him. But yeah, I mean, what an amazing performance last night. Concern, Sean says. QB depth. Are we really relying on Allen, Browning or Plitt if, God forbid, Joey B goes down? I look at the backups like Huntley, Foles, Bridgewater, even Minshew with Envy. I know Huntley has been cut by uh, yeah. the Ravens, hasn't he? So he's out there. Um yeah, I know what you mean, but again, we we've just spoken about Brandon. He wasn't do, do great think... yesterday, but you know, I think maybe next year. I don't know what yeah. I say this. I base this on nothing apart from speculation. Maybe next year would be a good time to look at that and and kind of try and make an upgrade. Um, yeah, and he, I always think with the backup quarterback, it's quite nice to have someone that is a bit of a prospect that's coming through. I know Brian Finley never worked out, but then the problem you've got with that is you don't want to give up a high draft pick on a quarterback, do no, you? Because no. especially when you're in win now mode, it just is a bit of a waste of time. Um, and well, we could be. I mean, last, next year we could be looking at tight end quite high in the draft. We could yeah. be looking at another wide receiver. High in the draft yeah. if you're planning ahead for losing T, depending on their strategy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're looking at maybe another, you, might, you know, Von Bell's in his final year. I mean, what happens to DJ Reader? You know, all these, they've got a lot of questions to. to Ooh, too many questions oh, for now. Too so. many. No, I don't want to uh, addle my brain with questions. Uh, Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. Dax Hill was fantastic again. He will be more than capable of replacing Jesse Bates next season and will be a very versatile weapon for us on the defence. Guard Landon Dickerson plus a second or third round pick for Bates wouldn't be bad business with Hill waiting in the wings. Uh, Joe Wood has popped in the real Joe Wood and answered no shot Eagles move Dickerson for a player on the tag. At most it will be Dillard. So, you know, you can carry on that uh, discussion. But I think the core of Paris's point is, do you move Bates? Um, Do you trade him? Only if if you believe he's absolutely not going to play. I think maybe you consider it then. If if you get the vibe from his agent that there's no chance whatsoever, he's missing games, I think you want to try and get something from him. It'd be a disaster, like I've said before, for both parties to sit there and do nothing. And if there's a chance for us to get some some depth or rotation on the line or any sort of player that's going to make any impact plus a pick out of it, then, then fair enough. But, I mean... You're very confident he's going to come back. So I really hope he comes back. I, I know everyone's getting excited about Dax Hill and they've got every right to. He's looked very good and he's a first-round pick and everyone gets excited about first-round picks, don't they? But let's not forget the quality of the player that Jesse Bates no, is. I agree. I agree. A massive reason behind why we went so far in the playoffs last year and he's holding out. He's got every right to hold out. He thinks he's worth more money than the Bengals are offering him. And frankly, going on market rates, he is worth more money than the Bengals are offering him. And you can't yeah. play. You do the same in his position. If your agent was telling you that you'd want to get paid what you were worth in that market. So I don't think we should be directing any sort of anger or resentment to Jesse Bates. I hope he comes back and I hope that he gets paid his nice franchise tag money. And if he has to move on next year to another team, then so be it. But if he was to play for us this season, he'd be a massive, massive asset. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. Dax Hill looked excellent. People will rightly rave about the inception, but I thought the stop on fourth on the previous drive was an even better play. Was it third down or fourth down? I can't remember now. You put in a, uh, but yes, uh, I think we both agree that was a terrific stop. Question for Nathan. People are loving Dax Hill, weren't they? Yeah, they're loving they is. They've got a new, get, they've got a new... some love from the fans. And why not? He's had a really good start. Oh, absolutely. You know. Question for Nathan, the Lord, asks, 
How mm. solid a handle is Daxton Jaw L Hill? Boy, he's good, isn't it? It's a bit of a spicy handle, that. Like, I mean, Jaw L sounds like, you know, like something out of Superman. Wasn't that the name of Superman's dad, Jaw L? I can't remember. Um, you won't know because you, you're not into all that kind of superhero nonsense. And I, I say I want to be quick tonight because <laughs> I want to go and watch the old House of the Dragon, the Game of the Thrones prequel. But you wouldn't be into that either, would you, really? No, I, I don't know why. I've not, I'm not. I'm not massive on the old films and stuff. I mean, that sounds a bit of a weird thing to say, isn't it? But I don't know. No, it's all right. Yeah, that's fine. You can be into whatever you're into. Yeah. Uh, Derek Davis at DD Davis uh, underscore zero two. Clay Johnson is my hero, an absolute legend. 20 tackles in a preseason game. <laughs> Dax and the DBs look good. Both QBs struggled with accuracy. Anyone who has a problem with Moss's cut block is a casual fan. That happens 10 times a game. P.S. I loved the clip Palmerisms on episode one of Hard Knockers. I was buzzing off my nut. Is that right? I think I think he's getting there, Derek. I think you've got there, Derek. Yeah, very good. I feel bad now that I wasn't able to do it one this week, but I will do one next week. I think we've just let the fans down here. So no, you talk about me, me being like, you said uh, you made a good point on hard knockers last week. That yeah. All these other podcasts are popping up. People are raising the standards and we're trying to do our best here. And we can't even get this episode two out. No, you got to leave them. you got to leave them wanting more, Nathan. That's the trick. <laughs> That's the trick. Right. John, John Darrow, John Darrow, 14. Backup QB is glaring. With all respect to Jeff Hobson, if Alan can't deliver a pass, what good is it that he knows the playbook? Poor old Jeff, he doesn't have to get it into, in, in the neck, doesn't he, sometimes? Uh, waiver wire, search. But I don't think this organisation will land a veteran from free agency until after the first week, so pay will be week to week. We'll have to wait and see. BB at Blue Bengals 5. Um, don't want to see any more of Dax Hill or Chris Evans this preseason. Volson now in the lead for that left guard uh, battle. Live changes at uh, okay. This is a first time caller. I've got to get this right. At Bud is king of beer. Um, I don't know. There's a concept. I can't get behind that handle really because I disagree with that uh, quite vehemently. Dax Hill and Chris Evans. We are in a good spot if Bates doesn't return. And I think Evans deserves the number two spot. And that's another question because Samaje wasn't playing uh, last night. And, uh, you know, they still chat about whether Chris Evans can be that number two back this year. I personally don't think so because I think uh, they all really like... um, They'll use Chris Evans, wouldn't they? But he, he's he's a bit of a, he's obviously a lot smaller of a back than P Ryan. He, P Ryan's more of a traditional like grind out the carries if Mixon was to go down. I think Chris Evans will be used far more in the passing game and obviously in the return game. So they're quite a nice little threesome as a as a stable. I think those guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right, that's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we can be reached as ever. On our socials at today underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, Bengals underscore UK on uh, Instagram. Uh, the Bengals play their final uh, preseason games this Saturday, the 27th of August. And it, for once, it's a kickoff before midnight and it's on a Saturday night. So let's go. Uh, it's 11 o'clock uh, in the evening time for UK and Irish viewers. 
So uh, as you would imagine, we were, as you would imagine, we Nathan and I will be back on Monday to discuss all, and there will be episode two of Hard Knockers. So uh, we will see you then. Take care. Have a good week. And it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. Looks like we have received And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.